The following podcast contains spoilers and words that my mother would prefer I did not say. We watch it. Everybody and welcome back to We Watched a Thing for the Night of Nights. I am so lucky to be recapping this year's Oscars and then going over what I thought was going to be one of the big players <laughs> with my favourite person and yours. It's from the Countdown Movie and TV Reviews podcast. Paul, how you doing, buddy? I'm great, mate. Thank you so much for having me back. And by favourite, of course, you mean the person who tanks all your ratings every <laughs> episode. Great, good. No, mate. No, you've redeemed yourself. It was. Just, it wasn't you, mate. It was the Empty Man. <laughs> Nobody wanted to hear about The Empty Man. The Empty what? Who? Did we see that movie? I forgot. Nah, I thought I could boost its ratings by sneaking Tommy Boy in there, but no. Who to thunk Tommy Boy? No. <laughs> Delete. How you been anyway, buddy? Oh, look, not too bad. Not too bad, all things considered. It was an interesting lead up for me to the Oscars, I have to say. Like, this might be the year I've seen the least number of nominees since we started podcasting. I just same, yeah. I found them very middle of the road. It wasn't like anything except obviously West Side Story offended me because it's a musical. But <laughs> did you actually even watch no. that? Or no, no, I didn't think so. <laughs> Not at all. But I realised with like two weeks ago, I've only seen like two of these things. I got to make some kind of effort here. I think I ended up seeing yeah. half of the the ten nominated for Best Picture. I was exactly the same. Prior to a, like last week, I'd only seen four of them. And that was when I messaged you and said, look, you know, I feel like I should do a couple more. Yeah. Pair of the Dog look like, looks like it's going to win. So, would you mind doing that on the show with me? Of course, now I feel <laughs> like, what's the point? It didn't. It didn't. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so and, I, and for the record, I Coda, I liked a lot more than The Power of the Dog. Just get that out there now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what would have been your pick for Best Picture if, if this was the Paulies? Uh, look, I... I'm a big fan of Denis Villeneuve's Dune, yeah. I have to say. And look, it swept all the technical awards, took out six of them. I think it took out everything it was nominated in, yeah. except screenplay from, from memory. So, it did very, very well. Completely bizarre year, yeah. So, Dune took out the most awards with six. Mm -hmm. Coda was second with three. Then you've got Eyes of Tammy Faye with two, two. and every single other motherfucker got one award. One. Like, it's the strangest split year. Apparently, this is the first time in 60 years that a film has won nothing other than Best Director. Right. And I also read that it was the first time a film that had been nominated with the Coda that with the less than four noms won Best Picture since 1932. Yeah, right. It is strange, isn't it? I don't think anybody really saw that coming. Well, I got the sense, after, if I'm really honest here, because knowing we were going to do record tonight, I was like, well, let's do my tips and we'll get to that, I'm sure. And I was sitting there and I, I hesitated over adapted screenplay because on our show where we recorded nine days ago, I'm like, oh, Power of the Dog's going to win, no problem at all. But all the narrative between basically that recording and The Night yes. of Nights was coda. Everything yeah. was, ah, well, Russia-Ukraine conflict and this and that. People just looking for a feel-good film. Yeah. Coda is that. Power of the Dog is not. It's not at all. It's really not. Yeah, there was a real flip there. And I don't I don't know if maybe some of it had to do with the backlash against Campion as well. But After there was- the sisters quote yeah, or yeah. comment. Yeah. Yes. But there was a real late turn. And Coda came out a very long time ago. I would love to see some stats on the last time a movie that came out that early in the year ended right. up winning. Because, you know, typically it's your kind of very late in the year, like December, January releases that, that tend that to win. Kind of, yeah. 
So it was yeah, an interesting right. year for sure. Yeah, that I mean that's interesting you, that you put it like that because my wife and I watched it just last week. I think on yeah. Thursday night. So we saw it three days before. Really enjoyed it. You know, it's yeah. borderline musical, but I got past that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and yeah, it ended up ranking second for me behind June as in terms of the five that I saw. Yeah. So yeah, I, a good film. I'm glad it won. That's good. What was your least favorite of the five that you ended up seeing? Power of the Dog. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. I'm spoiling a little bit here, but yeah. So I saw. Uh, maybe don't look up. I don't didn't have a lot of time. I know you're a big fan. Don't look up. So I was. Yeah. Yeah. I, I thought it was a bit of a one trick pony, and it really battered that drum into the ground. The Power of the Dog. If nothing else, well, no, I'll save it. I'll save it. But anyway, slightly above <laughs> Drive. Uh, don't look up. Then King Richard. Then June, and then for oh sorry, then Coda, then June for me. But I totally understand why June couldn't win. It's not Return of the King. We don't have a part two yet. But geez, next year, so two thousand and twenty-four Oscars. If the second part of June is anywhere near the quality of level that the first part is, and it maintains the goodwill, yeah. I don't know if you can find a betting agency now, but it might be worth putting five bucks on it. Yeah, there's a bit of a narrative that you know that they are saving it for part two. Um, which I don't, I don't even know if that holds up, given that Dune did win the most of the night. But, yeah, true. I mean, fuck me, it's a, it's a shock and kind of appalling that uh, Villeneuve wasn't up. <laughs> oh, it's a huge snub. Let's face it. Yeah, I'm not sure how they can how they can get past that. I I like I, said, I was I would have I was seriously contemplating changing my my tip to Coda, but because on our show I said Power of the Dog, I just had to roll with that. So I got yeah. both. The screenplay noms wrong, I have to say. Yeah. Well, so let's get into it then. How, how did you do on the tipping out of 23? 17. Well, you did better than me. I ended up with only 15. <laughs> I've seen a few people online. Lots of people. The ones that always bring you unstuck, right, are the, the shorts. Yeah, I got I got both of them wrong. Yeah. I got anime short wrong. I got documentary short wrong. I did get live action short right. But that's more just through reading three websites <laughs> that agreed. So, I'm not pretending like I've seen them. Yeah. I got production design wrong. I just thought Nightmare Alley was such a beautiful product, production design. I thought, well, it has to win something, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was exactly the same. I really thought that that's where, where that would get an award. And I thought that Licorice Pizza would get screenplay. Yep. That was what I well. picked as well for original screenplay. And yep. I picked Power of the Dog for Adapted. So, I got both screenplay wrong. And, of course, I got Best Picture wrong. So, that, that were yeah. my six I misfired on. Some of them yep. were- Seem to be walk up obvious choices, particularly the the main acting. Or I think the only acting one was probably Troy Kotzer for Coda was a little bit up in the air. Yeah, but I'm glad that he won because he was he was very good. Yeah. Well, let's get straight into it then. Did you watch the ceremony <laughs> live or no? Nah? No, I didn't. I was at work. But geez, did I watch the moment that will forever be remembered oh. in Oscars history? But before we get to that, Billy, tell me. Tell me, you're, you watch the whole thing. Yeah. They cut away. F- the big question I have is, so they, they decide we're getting rid of these, was it six technical yeah, awards? Yeah, eight. Eight, eight, sorry. Eight awards they did beforehand during the red carpet. It only took 35 minutes, <laughs> which and, is- And then they kept cutting back to it, from what I understand, and inserting those yes. awards in. So and they all- said, this will be a tight three hours. Was it? Yeah. No, this was actually longer than last year, which is Unbelievable. my biggest- it's the thing the thing that pisses me off most about the night is that I just feel like the Oscars doesn't understand their audience. Like why are we having 
fan favorite awards where we're showing clips of Army of the Dead, one of the worst films of the year. Like, firstly, who Bold. the fuck are the people voting on this? Right. When this episode tanks, it's not my fault at all. <laughs> it's because I besmirched Snyder's good yep. name. <laughs> Exactly the reason. <laughs> yeah, I, I just I don't understand the reasoning for any of the changes they made. And so yeah, they held these eight awards during the red carpet. So there was no actual audience in the room, bar a few people. I understand that Chastain made the choice to sit in during those awards. Guillermo del Toro was there, and he Good was live tweeting it. So when they played these awards in during the ceremony, they edited in the crowd from the night though, so it looked like there was a crowd oh, there. God's sake, Come and. On. I just didn't understand the reasoning for it because they're shaving off mere seconds. I don't know if they're cutting down these people's speeches or not, but all they really cut out was their walk from the audience to the front and they didn't have any live presenters beforehand either. It just went straight into the voiceover, you know, nominated for. But you're talking about maybe 40 seconds that you're saving. I just didn't understand Times it. eight. So, therefore, well, it's, yeah. you know, 320 seconds, five minutes. Yeah. Given that it went from supposedly being a tight three hours to being, I'm not sure exactly what the final finish it was, was. Close to four hours. Yeah, it was three, hours, three 45? hours 45. Yeah. 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 Well, who gives a fuck? Exactly. And it exactly. checks you out of. Uh, I mean, I don't, I, again, I didn't watch it, but arguably one of the best things about the Oscars is that bit where they have all the nominees on the screen. Yes. Someone wins. And then just for three or four seconds, they hold so you can see the reactions of everybody else. Yeah. Did they yes. do that this year? <laughs> no. No, they didn't. No, they didn't. And here's, Why are here's, we even bothering? And here's the really shitty thing about it. The biggest film of the year was Dune, right? Six awards. I think it was four of these six awards were not live. So, for example, Hans Zimmer didn't even bother showing up because why, why would you? Why would if, you? Like, if you're being presented not really even during the ceremony, why would too, you bother? Yeah, well, I agree. He's too busy writing his next amazing score. So. Yeah. Exactly. So, so you're cutting out four of the live presentations from the biggest film of the year. I just don't understand the reasoning behind it. The most awarded film of the year, in people's minds, will be a blip on the radar. They will pick up the cover of, well, they won't because it's not physical DVDs and uh, 4Ks and Blu-rays anymore, but yep. they'll see six, winner of six Academy Awards and they'll go, shit, really? Yeah. Six times as many as Suicide Squad. <laughs> <laughs> And now the question is, does Army of the Dead count as an Oscar-winning film? No. Is fan favourite a, a real category? Winner of the Academy Award nominated for fan favourite, i.e. The, your massive fans got online and hit vote 27 yeah. times from their 27 different email addresses. Yeah, I know. You knew that it was a complete rot when they also, for some fucking reason- This is the thing I don't understand. They're trying to shave time, supposedly, but the amount of crap they added in- you know, like, so they had the fan favorite film. They also had fan cheerworthy moment, which for some reason went to Zack Snyder's Justice League. <laughs> for some reason, because the same 27 email addresses from each yeah. one of Zack Snyder's <laughs> fans were going pound, 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 submit. Yeah, you know, it's not a secret that I'm not a giant Bond fan. I don't think we needed, you know, several minutes of Bond retrospective. Like, if oh, you're going to really? do. Yeah, if you're going to do that. Tie it in to Billie Eilish's performance. You know that she's performing the Bond song for this year, but instead they added in this whole retro, just playing clips from previous Bond films. Why? Fiftieth anniversary. Why exactly? Well, because the fiftieth anniversary. Fiftieth anniversary. But I mean, do we come get on? Do we get the fiftieth anniversary in like two thousand thirty-four of A Nightmare on Elm Street? 
I mean, that'd be cool. That'd be pretty cool. <laughs> we could just get like the, the best kills and just play them up on screen. That'd be awesome. <laughs> but it was weird. They did keep doing this. You know, like we had a, a Juno reunion because it was the 16th or something anniversary of that winning best yep. screenplay. I heard like- Woody Harrelson got up there to present something or other. And, and his gag was, which sounded pretty funny on the blog I was following as the day wore on, where yeah. he's like, eh, you know, I've been nominated three times. I've got to say more words as a presenter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or whatever he said. Yeah. Yeah. Just just insanity. Pure insanity. <laughs> so, what did you think of the hosts? I will actually say I might be one of the few people in the world who likes Amy Schumer. <laughs> I think that Amy Schumer is actually pretty funny. <laughs> right. And- I'm, I'm stunned. And I, I went in actually not knowing there were hosts. I I had done, you know, good movie podcaster I am. I'd done zero research. I didn't know <laughs> that there were going to be hosts. you watch the damn thing. I'm talking yeah. about it. See it. <laughs> so, you know, I, I thought that the hosting started off okay. The opening monologue had me, had me laughing. There were some good jokes in there. It wasn't overstaying its welcome. From that point onwards, it completely lost me, and we didn't need to cut back to them beyond the introduction, really. I saw a bit where, or read about a bit where, Amy Schumer went to the audience, talking about seat fillers, grabbed- Yeah, that was crap. (laughs) Yeah, okay. And then just moved her out the way, and I saw a shot of her standing behind awkwardly like, what the fuck do I do now? Which seems very odd. And Jesse Plemons seemed genuinely upset. He um, Honestly, he might have been close to slapping her. (laughs) Well- (laughs) Was that before or after the infamous it was, slap? It was, ar- it was after the slap. Right. So, he would have <laughs> let thought, me no, tell you, after, I can't after do that. The slap, yeah. It's already been done. <laughs> yeah. Let me tell you, after the slap, it was. It must have been almost impossible for that room to regain any energy that it once had. Right. Well, we've talked around it quite successfully for about 10 minutes, Billy. It's time. Yeah. It's Let's time. Let's get to it. So, you, you ended up- what is the slap all that you've seen from the ceremony? Uh, I, I watched Coda's- Best Picture Acceptance yep. Awards, uh, a speech by the two producers. I did. I always think it's funny. Can I just say? I think <laughs> it's funny that Best Picture winner, the director, does not speak. Yeah, I know. It goes what to the producers. What is going on? Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Surely we can add an extra 90 seconds for the person who directed this film to, to have their say as well. They might not have won Best Director, but they, they directed the Best Picture of the Year, yeah. according to the Academy. Give them some scr- some. Airtime, please. But anyway. I know, right? Yeah, it's bizarre. <laughs> I saw that. I did see Will Smith's acceptance speech. So, I watched a lot of these things on sort of Twitter afterwards. Yeah. Including this moment. But I wasn't there live, so talk me through it. Okay. So, when you saw the moment, did you see the uncensored version or did you see what went to air in the States where they had cut out the sound? No, I saw the cut out sound bit. Right. Because the most bizarre thing, our feed here in Australia- they didn't uncut. cut it. Yeah. Completely I, I, uncut. I then I saw that later on on Twitter. Yeah. At the time on the day. Because my instant response, honestly, this is a setup. This well, is that's a joke. what I thought. Because that's- the way he walked up there and the way that Chris Rock leaned into it yes, with a big yeah, grin yeah. on his face <laughs> and almost, it's almost like a stage punch where you, or a wrestling punch. I know it was a slap, but anyway, where yeah. you slam your foot on the floor to make the noise. It, that all happened. Yeah. And I was 100% convinced until the noise, the sound cut out and I later read, oh, yeah, because he's saying, get my wife's name out of your fucking mouth. Yes. And it was Whoa. it was the most aggressive thing. It was so uncomfortable. Like, I wasn't there in the room, obviously, but even just as a viewer on screen, 
my heart was racing. I was like, right. wow, I, yep. I feel like I'm watching something that I shouldn't be seeing. <laughs> like it felt, it felt like when you're a kid and you're sneaking SBS. <laughs> like it was just like, wow, I, <laughs> I shouldn't be seeing this. Because <laughs> I had the group chat going with Topher and Sam Hurley from Movie Reviews and 20 Qs. We were all messaging each other. And Jealous. all three of us at the same time were like, what the fuck just happened? It was the most bizarre thing. And, and yeah, yeah when, when the slap first happened, and honestly, I thought it was a punch. Like, I've seen it slow-mo now, and it is clearly a slap. Mm-hmm. But at the time, it really it looked hard, and you could hear it. And, and I felt so bad for Chris Rock because he just looked completely shook by it. He didn't know what had happened. Well, if I, if I may, and, and I'm very aware of- you know, there's a lot going on here, and, I, and I'm not going to yeah. try and take sides, whatever. But I will say this. If someone slapped me like that, there's no way I would have just taken it with the grace. No. And how impressively Chris yes. Rock responded. He just literally took it on the chin. Yeah. And then soldiered on as best he could. Like, clearly, he was shaken. Yeah. You know, whatever else. Who wouldn't be, for God's Ooh, sake, yeah. Yeah. in that particular context. Anyone slaps you. If you're in the middle of a, of a dark street, you have an altercation, they slap you. There's a there's moments of like, whoa, what am I going to do here? <laughs> yeah. But he responded like a true champ. Like he just maintained his professionalism. Yeah. Got through his bit. Yes, he was shaking. Yes, he was stuttering, and got off that stage. Yeah. Full credit to him. Because yeah. what does this imply? If someone says a joke that I don't like about me or mine, I know. Yeah. I'm now allowed to get up there and physically. Yep. Engage with that person. I I just think all the rules were broken on that basis. I, I agree. And that's the thing. Like, Sam and Topher and I were messaging each other. Like, surely he has to get kicked out, right? Like, he has to get kicked yeah, out of the room after that. Well, I would have thought they would have said, you're off. But, of course, because he, 20 minutes later, he wins Best Actor. They couldn't do that, right? See, I don't know, man. Because that, sh- that is what shocked me the most. Like, the slap was one thing. But when he got up and got claps instead of booze, I was like- Mm. Wow, really? Like, we're going to give this guy a standing ovation after what he just did? Like, where are we really just moving on from this and this is an okay thing to do? Like, yeah, I, on the it was biggest the- night in Hollywood <laughs> for the year. This is not at the MTV Awards where this kind of, you know, risque bullshit may have flown. Yeah. This is at the Academy Awards. And that, yeah, there was no sanction. His apology up there was, I'm sorry, I fucked up the night. I mean, I'm obviously paraphrasing yeah. here. Please forgive me. Please have me back. Really sorry, Academy. No mention of Chris Rock. No, no. That was not an apology at all. That was no. the incoherent ramblings of a madman. Like, I that was Kanye level. I was expecting him to say he was going to run for president. Like, <laughs> the, like honestly, t- to excuse what you've done as, like, an act of love, like, that's not- It's just not on for me. Yeah, like. look, so, uh, my, I love my family a lot, and so I shot 19 people- <laughs> <laughs> and took their money, but I love them. Hey, yes. again, I'm exaggerating. Well, love makes you do crazy things. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> just illustrating a point. Obviously, it's not that big a deal. Yeah. But, yeah, the fact that no one in the room or very few yeah. people in the room seemed to be shocked. Stout, oh, they were shocked, but seemed to be, uh, what's the word, criticizing that at the time. Yeah. Even the yeah. Academy didn't criticise it. They've later come on and said, we, don't, we abhor violence of all, blah, 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 blah. And Will Smith slash his people have seen the writing on the wall and they've gone, you need to fucking apologise and apologise fast or yeah. you could lose that statue. 
Yes. But he won't now because he went up, put up an insincere bullshit apology to Chris Rock. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. It was it was a strange moment. Like this this year's Oscars, I think, will go down in memory as one of the worst Oscars of all time for many many reasons. Has it in your mind? Has it uh, superseded the great Moonlight slash La La Land? <laughs> oh, absolutely. Pe- people won't. I mean, yeah, people won't remember that anymore. Yeah, <laughs> it's amazing to me. It it, it like and it, what the really sad thing is, and let's be very clear here. It's that Coda has been overshadowed by it's this moment. It's been tainted. Exactly. Yeah. Coda. Or, I mean, all of the said, winners have been. Yeah. All of them. I, everyone. I think the individual statues to, to individual actors and whatever, I think that shit. shit sorry. You know what I mean? That, <laughs> that award holds water. Like Academy Award winner Jessica Chastain. You know, yeah. Academy Award winner Troy Kotzer. You know, all the rest of that stuff. I think that stuff's fine. But when people go- Oh, yeah, Coda won Best Picture. They're going to go, oh, that was the year that Will, Sl- Will Smith slapped Chris Rock, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's a real, a real shame. tragedy. Because, you know, people like you and me who are the Oscars core audience, people who actually are there for film and the love of film, this year's Oscars just had zero respect for that, I think. You know, like from the very right. first move of shifting those eight awards to not being part of the ceremony, right through to, yeah, now it being completely overshadowed by this slap. No one's talking about the movies at yeah, all. That's the real, yeah, absolutely real shame. Can I can I just say also very very quickly that I understand when someone attacks your partner, you want to be defensive. So I totally get that Will Smith was angry. And yeah. I totally totally get he went. I'm not driving home in the car with what I just did because the rea- his initial reaction was laughing. Whether he was still laughing at the last joke or that joke, I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah, but. Obviously, there are better ways to do it. And I think Addy got up there in his speech later on and just said- Exactly. Geez, Chris Rock, that was fucking below the belt. You know she's got a medical condition. Let's yeah. not be doing that shit, eh? Right? Yeah. There's how a much million respect, ways to deal with How much respect would he have won at that point? Exactly. You know, on top of his speech. So, yeah. yeah, it was a really poor moment. I agree. Because, yeah, he could have turned that into a really good PR move by doing mm-hmm. something like what you're suggesting. But- yeah. For me, the worst part isn't even that he did it. Like, that's, you know, that's fine. It's done. It, it's the the complete kind of approval of it by everybody yeah, in the room. I agree. To just move past it and just- yep. Yeah, it's it's tacit approval of what's yeah. taken place. Yeah. You know, he's, he's jumping around and dancing later on. Again, had this been settled out of the way it should have been, maybe behind closed doors, you know, man-on-man discussion- yeah. Which ended in whatever way. That's all fine. I understand his need to, to, or not need, appropriate to protect the people that you love. I get that. Yeah. 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 Before we move on from the Oscars itself, were there any other awards that really surprised you or anything that you were really happy that got up that you maybe weren't actually expecting it to? Oh, uh, look, I'll tell you one that disappointed me in Canto winning Best Animated Film. Uh, instead of Mitchell's versus the machines, yes. yeah. yeah. Which yeah. one? Which one pushes the envelope? Which film yeah. is going to be memorable ten years from now versus another straightforward Disney esque musical yeah. infused? Uh, yeah, sure. I'm glad that it, it, it shone the light on yet, yet uh, Latin American community. That's excellent, but the actual film itself is pretty fucking bog standard. Come on. 
Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's it's a cookie cutter Disney film. Yep. Like, there's nothing there's nothing bad about it. It's a fun watch. Yeah, I've seen it several times. I've got kids under the age of eight. Like- sorry, <laughs> very sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I com- I completely agree with you. I completely agree with you. I was yeah. hoping it's hope that you know, because that that pushes the envelope. You're the animator. You're the visual effects artist guy, Billy. I'm just the person who sits at home and watches these things. But the one that stuck out to me. That very nearly made my top 10 films of the year list. Mitchell's versus the Machine. Yeah. So memorable. So interesting. So doing so much with what, and yet not not acknowledged or awarded. Yeah. And, yeah. A shame. It, it is a shame. It's a real shame. Well, shall we move on to happier things with the power of the dog? <laughs> <laughs> we should, sir. Please. <laughs> So, as mentioned, when I messaged you about this at first and said, look, would you come on and do an Oscars recap with me? And, you know, let's talk about one of the big winners. Let's do Power of the Dog. At that point, this movie, I think, had the most nominations. It had 13 or something. 12. 12. Yep. And everybody thought that this was pegged to win Best Mm -hmm. Picture. I used to, on our show, when we did our Oscars predictions, I used to look up the betting odds just because I thought it was a fun thing to talk about on the show. Topher stopped letting me do that because it meant that he wasn't allowed to enter his family's tipping pool. (laughs) So, they listened to the show. Well, first of all, hooray for Topher's family for listening to a podcaster. (laughs) So, I haven't done that in a while. But I did this year look up the the betting odds and Power of the Dog was so far ahead of everything else in the best picture race. that Even after Parasite last year, okay? Oh, two years ago. Two years ago. Two years ago? Yeah, it was so far ahead that I was so sure it was going to win, but um, it oh, didn't. Well, here we are. You know what? But, we could we could contrast every point we make about Power of the Dog with Coda if you want to. Yeah, yeah, go for it. Mate. <laughs> then but you it, can go, I, and then we'll talk about Tommy Boy at the end. <laughs> <laughs> but I do still think it's interesting, given that, like I said, this is the first film in fifty-five years to. To win only Best Director and nothing else after The Graduate, which I actually love The Graduate, personally. So, but- directed by Mike Nichols. Yeah. There you go. So, very exclusive club that Jane Campion has moved into. Yes. I think she's also the first woman to be nominated twice for Best yeah. Director. She is yeah. behind the piano. Obviously, she didn't win that, despite a couple of articles I was I read saying she's the second time she's won. No. Steven no, she Dilberg won that. for Schindler's List that year. Yes. As, I mean, as he should have, just yeah. quietly. Like, Schindler's List is a fucking phenomenal film. 100% agreed. Yeah. All right. But uh, Power of the Dog. Power of the Dog. So, let's get straight into it. Did you like this film? Uh, I liked it from a technical perspective. Did yeah. not like it narratively or, or plot-wise, if I could put it that way. Yeah. The way I would describe it is I think that there is a lot to like about this film, but it is not a film that I like. <laughs> There you go. Perfect. I'm glad because I thought maybe you'd come in here and just go, what a beautiful, amazing, incredible film. I'd be like, oh, I'm such a Philistine. Just not for me. Like, I can appreciate what it's doing, but it's just not for me. (laughs) Yeah, 100%. So, let's get into it. Power of the Dog is a 2021 Western psychological drama film written and directed by Jane Campion. It's based on Thomas Savage's 1967 novel of the same name, and it stars Benedict Cumberbatch, Kirsten Dunst, Jesse Plemons, and Cody Smith-McPhee. And what is it about, Paul? First of all, very pleased to hear you call get the Kirsten Kristen thing wrong, because I do that (laughs) all the time. I had an ex-girlfriend whose middle name was 
I can't even tell you if it was Kirsty or Christy. I still get it wrong to this day. <laughs> At least this film doesn't have Joaquin Phoenix in it. Joaquin. <laughs> uh, what's it about? It is about a cattle horse dude who decides to marry this poor near-do-well woman and take her and her son in and they run afoul, therefore, of his brother who likes running a very tight ship in a way that he wants it run. Yep. Is that good enough? Fair enough. Yeah. Do you want to know how many times someone shoots someone else in this film, Billy and listener? How, how many? Zero. <laughs> Why is this called a Western? I do not know. I was just going to ask you that. Is this a Western? Because obviously oh. Sam Elliott came out slamming the film saying, look, it's not a Western. <laughs> I Look, Sam Elliott's reasons for calling it not a Western, I do not agree with whatsoever. I yeah. think it's. A, I think what, I'm very, very pleased that we get to see maybe a different side of, is it 1920s? Yeah, it's 1925 yeah, or 24. Yeah. So, I mean, that's probably post what we would all consider to be Western, right? Like 1890s, 1880s is what I, 1870s is what I think of when I think of Western. And that's a, that's a long time between drinks. But yeah, Sam Elliott. You know, come on, mate, read the room slash time. Yeah. We've moved on and everything's okay. And there were gay people back in 1925. You fucking idiot. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Look, and that's that's one aspect of the film I actually like. I like the perspective of this film. And I really like Kirsten Dunst in this film. The problem is that the reality is this film is about Benedict Cumberbatch's Phil. And he's yep. just such a fucking c- I can't enjoy this movie. For the record, <laughs> Billy used the word before Paul did on this podcast. <laughs> I'm a bleep it though, so it's okay. Ah, all right, in that case. But you won't bleep the words. So everyone will know what we said. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Good. Look, it's just incredibly boring. This film yeah. is so slow. And I, here's what I went into with this film. I don't know where I got this. It's clearly my problem. And this is, I reflected on this and watching because I want to talk about this on on your show. We all go in with expectations in a film, right? And an and a Oscar critical darling that's that's the raging favourite by the time I got round to watch it, I knew it wasn't going to be an action extravaganza or or it's tight, taut thriller, the things that it will nor- I'll normally gravitate towards and certainly obviously not a horror film. But I was expecting there to be a bit more substance yeah. than, than just beautiful. Admittedly, the cinematography in this film, I can't remember who it's by, it's an Australian woman, I think. Ari Wagner. Yeah. She has done such a superlative job. Jane Campion, obviously, overseeing this superlative job. But the script itself, and I have to assume it's just based on the book, and you know, fine, that there's, there's a market for this. It is slow. It is boring. Almost nothing happens. And then it yeah. all happens in a rush in the last 10 minutes. And I was literally left going, did I interpret that correctly? The fuck? That's, that's my thing. Too. I actually personally really enjoy a character study. I, I don't <laughs> mind films where nothing really happens. Like, I'm okay with just a slow burn. My problem is that I kind of feel like it doesn't amount to anything. This isn't a film about growth, for example. No one really changes from the start of the film to the end. It's It's just so bleak for me that I just found nothing to grip onto. I didn't yeah. particularly care about any of the characters. I didn't I didn't really want any of them to get out of the situations that they're in other than you know, you feel bad for Kirsten Dunst, but, but I mean what, what what situations were they in? She had to well, play exactly. a piano piece. <laughs> Her son had to come back and live on this really expensive, much better ranch than he was used to living on. Like, yeah. oh, there's an uncle who's a prick. Oh well. 
Jesus Christ. <laughs> I mean, like we've compared all to had what you were de- dealing with before. Yeah, well, believe it. Yes, <laughs> yeah. 100%. Compared to what you were dealing with before, like, surely this yeah. is a step up. What are, we, what are we whinging about? Jesse Plemons has got a much more attractive, younger, presumably, wife than what he probably would have gotten otherwise. And yeah, the only guy who's really put out is Phil. And Phil, you were never going to be happy about anything, mate. So it's fucked. He's just a bad guy. Yep. Like- <laughs> but even Phil, but even Phil, interestingly, I think in, this is perhaps the most meaty slash uh, best part of the film. Phil decides to get close to, I've forgotten, uh, Kirsten Dunst's- uh, Peter. Peter, Cody Speak Me Fee's character, to piss her off. But yep. then I think he develops a genuine affection for him, and that was interesting. And I, and I thought the film was going in this very- Oh, questionable sexual kind of way. That's yeah. why he was interested, but it's not It's not at all. He just has a genuine fatherly kind of affection for him, wants the best for him, wants to show him how to survive in the West, and yeah. then we get the ending that we get. And that's kind of tragic that the first time Phil opens up to someone and really tries to help him out. They kill him. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree with you. I think that the problem for me is the pacing Everything happens in the last 10 minutes of this film. In mm-hmm. terms of the actual narrative and moving things forward, it's just the last 10 minutes. And before that, it's just kind of stuff happening. And so, I, I just didn't buy that turn. Like, I mean, Phil's turn to being kind of fatherly, yes, it's it's driven by basically wanting to be a prick to, yep. to Kirsten <laughs> Dunn's. But it still happens so suddenly that it just doesn't feel natural. Well, you're right, because the entire time I was going, what's his end game beyond that? What's, exactly. what's the point here? And that's why I thought maybe, given that we have established he's gay, that, well, yeah. we, we heavily imply he's gay. Yeah. That, is that where it's angling towards? And, and so the film didn't do a good enough job with that tra- transition, I agree. Like, had it been a little bit more inbuilt, not that the film needed to be any bloody longer, I'm not <laughs> trying to imply that, <laughs> then maybe that would have worked better for me. But it all, like, yeah, then suddenly I get the that Pete, Peter is a very whipped, he shit, no, don't, don't don't look at me type guy. But yeah, just his movement from being I am subjugated and unhappy in my life, and I'm worried about my mum to murderer is so fast. Yeah, you know what's crazy though? This is not a long film. This of the ten nominated films, this is actually the third shortest. What's what's shorter? Uh, uh, so obviously, Drive My Car is the longest. The, lo- the longest. <laughs> That's three hours. Dune, very long. Two and a half. Yeah. Um, two and I a forget what the what the ones that are shorter than this are, but this is only just over two hours. This is like two hours eight minutes or something. Right. Yeah. King Richard is also longer than that. I'm pretty sure it's two yeah. hours twenty. But it just doesn't feel it. This feels long oh, to me. Does it? Took me three watches, Billy. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I went in, I was saying before, I went in thinking I had read somewhere or got it in my mind that Jesse Plemons' character dies. Yeah. Okay. Early in the film. And so it becomes this back and forth machinations for power was my assumption between uh, Benedict Cumberbatch's character and Kirsten Dunst's character. Yeah. That, that never eventuated. I did, but in a much more subtle way. So, I was genuinely shocked when, at the end of the film, Jesse Plemons is sitting there going, <laughs> but he was always so careful around cattle. <laughs> there are some things I, I like about the film. I, I think the cast are excellent. They're all the very movie. good. Yeah. 100%. Jesse, Jesse Plemons and Kirsten Dunst have such great chemistry. And I can only think that Jan, Jane Campion must be a fan of Fargo because- Yeah, they're not married in real life, are they? They are. They have two kids. They are. They are married. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. why- because I thought when, back to the Oscars just for a moment, <laughs> yeah. when Amy Schumer came over and he said, 
That's my wife. I thought he was referring to the power of the dog. <laughs> <laughs> no, they are. And I think they have such great chemistry. And it's actually a shame that, for me, Jesse Plemons isn't really in this film that much. Um, I think Benedict Cumberbatch is good, but I'm going to be honest. I'm just not a fan of Benedict Cumberbatch in general. I just don't Ooh. often find him- yeah. Is this going into your is I can't remember who do you who do you hate? Kate Blanchett. Kate Blanchett, very yeah. similar to Kate Blanchett. Very <laughs> similar to Tom Hanks. <laughs> oh, I think, they, I think they're Hanks. fine. They do their job well. I just there's, Holy some, there's shit. something about them I don't like. <laughs> I know this is a more innocuous episode of We Watch the Thing, but uh if you count up the B Dizzle fucking controversial moments, <laughs> they're really mounting at this point in time. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, just not a fan of Cumberbatch in general. I just there's something about his face that I just <laughs> don't like. <laughs> Sorry, Wayne. That's great to hear from you here on the podcast. <laughs> you, you are a, a Cumberbatch fan, I take it. Oh, look, I'm fine with him. He's not my favourite, but I don't. I don't look for reasons to hate him. When I see him <laughs> you don't just like his face. <laughs> I certainly like Kate Blanchett more. So you've lost me on that one. Yeah, not not a Blanchett fan. It's <laughs> all right. We'll we'll. Not like I'm pretending like I like everybody. If we can just put Anne Hathaway. My, Kate Blanchett is, to me, Anne Hathaway. You know what I mean? I, I love Anne Hathaway. Just just today I was recording a podcast with my wife and, and I dropped in the old, you know, Anne Hathaway is the every woman. Just because she hates when I say that. <laughs> every woman as in like she's so incredibly overrated and, and shit house <laughs> and should not be in films. I no, agree. Mate. No. <laughs> <laughs> And I do think, as you said, the cinematography in this film is is beautiful. It's a very nice looking film that is very well put together. Like Jane Campion knows what she's doing. I just didn't connect with it. Yeah, it was all look. It was so. If I use to describe language, slow, 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 slow. Holy shit! Finished. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not. I guess that's what the film was going for, but unlike, I don't know, I guess if it had the slow, slow, slow part been a lot more atmospheric or a lot more tense, then it would have worked. Yeah. But it, it just didn't for me in that regard. The score, I think, is very, very good. It's discordant and very off-putting and offsetting. It's, uh, is it Johnny Greenwood? Johnny Greenwood, yeah. I yep, was actually just going to ask you that because I know that you're the score guy. Mm. You're a big score fan, as am I. I, I thought the score for this film was good, but it was one of the things that- Because I only watched this last night after the Oscars. Oh, wow. Okay. And I had heard so much talk about this score. I think it was just overhyped for me that I just didn't love it. Like, I, I thought it, it worked for what it was doing. It's certainly not memorable. I, 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 yeah, I didn't really well, connect with it that much. I get what you're saying. I don't- Sure, it's certainly not the kind of score I would download and listen to. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Uh, to evoke that film or because it really struck a chord with me if the film did not. But I think it serves a purpose, which is to add to the unsettling nature of what you're seeing. I get and- that. Yeah. To me, the best scene in the film is Cumberbatch's aggressive banjo playing. When, when oh, she's, when, when she's trying to play the piano? Piece, yes, and he, I And agree. he comes out- 100%. Like, easily the most tense scene in the film and, and just- you know, the the almost vacant expression on his face of just nothing. Like, he's he's almost not even feeling. He is just being a prick. That is so far and away the best scene in the film for me. And it, there's just nothing else that matches that. It's really subtle. And that kind of thing, I think, would have worked more so. But it's a lot of 
I don't know, building up to that as a big moment when it's shouldn't be a big moment. It should be, yes. I think, like a, a supportive moment of the bigger moments that weren't there. Yeah. Well, that's true. And I think for me, that's one of my big problems with the film is that it, for me, it's funny. Even though this is such a slow, quiet film, I actually feel like it's almost doing too much at times. Like, I don't think that, I don't think we need a hundred occurrences of Cumberbatch calling Plemons fatso. <laughs> like, I just think that there are more subtle ways to 75 would have been enough. <laughs> yeah. And and I just I think that this film for what it is and for what it's doing actually really lacks subtlety, which that should be this film's calling card. This film should be a quiet meditative character study, but it is so in your face with how much of a prick he is yeah, that for me true. it loses almost all impact because it's it's almost cartoonish. He's almost like, you know, what's his name? The Dagwood, Dagwoodly Dog. Like, he's just this over-the-top, like, Western villain that I just don't care about anything else. If he had a moustache or if he- Did he have a moustache? I can't remember. I think, I think he did, yeah. A very light moustache because it's Benedict Cumberbatch and he doesn't <laughs> yeah. do facial hair like the rest of us. <laughs> Uh, yeah, he would be twirling it left, right, and center. I would agree. Yeah. Uh, I wish, though, that on top of all everything you just said there, that Phil had a shot some motherfuckers. Yeah, yeah. Just I mean, that yeah. couple of cattle rustlers that had come <laughs> along and he just dispatched them ruthlessly in front of Pete or some shit like that. That might yep. have just evened out the boredom. Just really <laughs> <cool>. <laughs> I have to admit, it really shocked me to learn after the fact where I finally finished this, because at least you watched it in one night. <laughs> That this film was shot in New Zealand. Yes, it was. Yeah, home. It, I thought never at one stage did I believe it was not in the West, the Wild West, as it were. So, uh, and also Thomas and Mackenzie in this film in a thankless role where you blink and you miss her as the servant really shocked me as well. I have to say, I was going to say I missed her because I did read her name in the cast list before I watched it, and then I didn't remember seeing her, and it made me sad because I actually really like Thomas and Mackenzie. Yeah, it's stunning. The star of Last Night in Soho and, and a big part yeah. of- Old. Of, <laughs> old, well, and Jojo Rabbit. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, look, okay, I guess I'm ready to, to give it a score. I, I It's gone down, Billy. It's gone down when we're talking. <laughs> maybe maybe because it didn't win the best picture. I've, I've given it the best picture, not winner, negative influence. Yep. How are you scoring it? Five out of ten. Five, yeah. Okay. I, I'm a six. I still think that there there is- good things about this film. There I think is, it's, there is. it's very competently made. I really like Jane Campion. And, you know, even though I personally think that Dune was the best directed film of the year, and, and I think it's a complete Great. crime that Villeneuve wasn't at least nominated, I'm happy that Campion won, if for nothing else, that we need more females winning that award. Yep. Was it Who, who directed uh, Coda? Is it Shan or San? Yeah. I, I get why they went, well, and I don't, you know, we hear this a lot, like this this narrative of, well, it's not going to win anything else. So they give it the acknowledging award of best adapted screenplay or yeah. best original screenplay for Pulp Fiction in that particular year in a, in a stacked yeah. year or whatever else. But that doesn't make any sense to me when there's 2,000, whatever there are, number of Academy members and voters. They don't get together and have a big decision about this, about do they? Well, I, I don't know. That's kind of what the narrative implies, that the Oscars are so rigged that- you know, yeah, all the, the voters know. <laughs> well, 
QT is pretty good, but he's not going to win Best Picture because he's a young upstart, right? Yeah. Well, what if we yeah. gave him like uh, original script? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All those say I, I. Yeah, there's definitely that narrative about the Oscars. And I, I don't, I mean, does the year that Shakespeare in Love won everything? Oh, fuck d- off. Does that don't kind of- Don't bring it up, Billy. I don't, I don't know, man. I don't know. How, How much happen? of it is just predetermined? <laughs> well, I know I know the studio spent a lot of money marketing, and, and I know that Netflix right now are going to be really hurting because they've had so many Best Picture nominees in the last three or four years. Yeah. Never won a fucking thing. Apple TV gets one nomination and wins. Yes. So, Damn. this is- I was just reading today, actually. For the past three years, the three big Netflix Oscar, Oscar pushes. You've got Power of the Dog, Mank, The Irishman. Roma before that. Yeah, and Roma before that. All four of those, I believe you've got 43 or something nominations, and I think it's six wins. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Which, I mean, I haven't looked at the stats for other studios. Maybe that's just how it plays out. Part but for the course. I don't know, man. Do you think that there is still a bias against Netflix, or do you think they're just going the wrong route trying well, to guess, go the Oscars? I guess they've now proven with Coda winning that it's not a bias against streaming services. Well, that's true. Yeah. But can you rule out that it's a bias against Netflix as being the pioneer in the streaming service? Well, yeah. No. One article I was reading today basically said that, that people still think of, you know, people think of Apple TV as, as a symptom, but Netflix is the cause. And, <laughs> and, and so, you know, it's, like kind it. of, it's kind of Jeez. okay to reward one, but not the other. Um, that's shitty. Come on. A film's is. a film. I don't get it. Whether I, it. I agree. Whether it goes into into cinemas or it goes onto streaming- or you see it around your your mate's place on a on a bootleg DVD. Yeah. Does the film give you that pleasurable slash exactly. remarkable, exhilarated, wow, what a movie. That's all that matters. I mean, especially one thing that streaming does is it does- a, I don't think Power of the Dog would have been made if we were in the generation of having to be a cinema release. And I'm probably wrong there. I mean, hell, we've had movies like The English Patient, you know, movies oh, that are very slow and stuff. But in this day and age, I just think that a movie like this probably wouldn't be made if it weren't for streaming. Yeah, I agree. And, so. and I think there's, you could say that argument about, what, 75% of films that are being released at this point in time? Yeah. If not for, not for streaming. Yeah, this that's true. This wouldn't be happening. I, I think streaming is, is, it is the future. I hope that cinema remains to be the pinnacle and that's where the big films, the cinematic films should go. But yeah. I still want to see those little- not backyard, but but little local films that otherwise wouldn't see light of day. Yeah, definitely. Where else are we going to see Reap? In fact, when are we going <laughs> to see Reap? <laughs> I need to see Reap. I demand to see Reap, in fact. I, I tell you what, if Netflix buys this, the uh, <laughs> the idea off me, then you can see Reap whenever you want. <laughs> Although, you know, given that they'll greenlight anything, maybe that's the way to go. Here's a story idea. Holy shit. Here's $100,000. Yeah. Done. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for joining me today, mate. You're honestly one of my favourite people to chat to about films, and I just love everything you do. Can you tell people where they can find the countdown? Well, thank you so much, Billy. And uh, all of that right back at you because, well, how how keen that two weeks from now you're going to be on our show? Yes. Three episodes from now. 
talking a topic we haven't decided yet. Can't, I know. Can't let you know, but we'll work that one out. But can't wait to have you back on, mate. It's uh, always a pleasure. I'm excited. It's, I think it 2018 was the last time I was. Was it really? Show. Yeah, oh, doing the old uh, top ten movie crimes yes. where I snuck in James Silent Bob loitering. <laughs> it's great. You you won us that episode. I'm I'm so pleased. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, we need to make this at least at least an annual event. Uh, I think us Aussie indie podcasters got to stick together and yeah, you're one of the absolute best, mate. One of the nicest guys in podcasting. Oh, I'm preaching to, to the converted. I uh, can search for us. Uh, just type in the Countdown Movie and TV Reviews or check out the website, which is shit house, but at least it's a website. No, mate, it's uh, it's new. It's fancy. Yeah, well, it's not fancy. It's the <laughs> countdownpodcast.com. So, yeah. yeah, if you've got some uh, website building advice, Billy, we'd love to pick your, your brains. I, I need to try and wrangle Wayne to get on this show at some point. Yeah, good luck. But look- uh, it, if you get Wayne involved, it's great. You just he does so much preparation, and <laughs> so he's like, "Oh man, I can't do that at our show as well." <laughs> yeah. There's, yeah, there's so many women to sleep with. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's a shame I've already done Basic Instinct on this show. Otherwise, maybe that oh. could be the sell. <laughs> yeah, and you can't probably get us back for Basic Instinct too. It's a bit of a different story. <laughs> get him back. I should say. Oh, what could you get him on for? Uh, Jerry Maguire. There you go. Jerry Maguire. Okay. I actually, I quite like Jerry Maguire, so that could be fun. That could get him over the line. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll hit him up. But as I said, thank you so much for joining me. This has just been Pleasure. so much fun to recap the Oscars. Hopefully, we didn't get too, uh, too down in the dumps about, <laughs> you know, just- I feel like it, it's a very bleak episode. <laughs> Well, oh, come on. I think we, we added some, some life and zest to it, unlike The Power of the Dog. And that's true. much like Will Smith did to the Academy Awards ceremony. So, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's true. He, he did add some <laughs> zest, that's for sure. Uh, well, next week, I will be checking out Arrival as a patron request, one of my favorite Ooh. movies. And then our good mate Sam from Movie Reviews in 20 Qs will be joining me to talk about Morbius, which I didn't Ooh. have on the schedule. And then he, he hit me up and said, we got it. Understandably. <laughs> I mean, are you I mean no. Morbius? Well, we were meant to see advanced screen tomorrow night but we didn't get back in time because it's so dubious about it because <laughs> right now in WA there is a 50% limitation on cinema seats we got right, knocked yeah. into the waiting wait so no, yeah. we'll have to go and pay for it like regular people and when we do that I'll be even more angry when I watch I know, it I know is it <laughs> worth paying for probably not <laughs> So that's next week. In the meantime, if you want to get in touch with me, you can do that at wewatchedathing.com or wewatchedathing at gmail.com. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all under the handle at wewatchedathing. If you want to help support the show, you can do that at patreon.com forward slash wewatchedathing, and I'll catch you next week. See ya!